Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. We have a full virtual podcast studio today. We sure do. I am so excited to welcome friends who I have known now, oh my goodness, for for the better part of five or even six years at this point, to talk to us about a really exciting topic. Uh, Before we introduce them, Matt, what is the topic we're going to be talking about today? So we are moving on stage for in the Disney realm and talking a lot about uh, Disney uh, productions, stage productions that people have done. So we have brought in some people who have produced, directed, and been in Disney productions um, on stage. Yeah, and it's, it's almost fitting today that we're recording this is on May 12th, even though this particular episode is going to release, by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be May 26th. Uh, it's fitting, uh, Disney announced today, and I know you guys are just as excited as we are, that Hamilton, the original Broadway production of Hamilton, is coming live to Disney+. Plus. And so that is really exciting. So it's kind of fitting that we're having this episode today. And so I want to welcome to the pod Emily, who uh, I've known for quite the long time. Emily, she um, has been a producer slash director slash creative genius when it comes to Disney Off-Broadway. So hi, Emily. Hello, Casey. How are you? (laughs) I am wonderful. Thank you. And I also want to welcome Bridget and Megan. So Megan has uh, been in several of these shows, and we're going to get some of her experiences here in just a couple of minutes. And then, of course, Bridget is Megan's mom, who has been that supporting parent. And anybody who's ever been in a show, be it in high school or in community theater, knows how important it is to have that supportive family there rooting you on. So welcome to Bridget and Megan. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So we are so excited. So before we even start in on what you guys have done, how excited are you guys about Hamilton coming to Disney Plus? I have my calendar already set. (laughs) (laughs) How about Bridget and Megan? How about you guys? I think every single person on my friends list has shared the link in some capacity. And I'm I'm, I'm just so excited. I can't wait. She hasn't told me yet. No, I'm just learning this now, and I'm so excited. Oh, you're just learning this now? Wow, we broke some news, Matt, on our show. Oh, Look at that. Yeah, we actually did find, like, a, in a black market, what, what would they call that? You oh, know, yeah. A really bad, poorly, you know, recorded uh-huh. Hamilton and watched that together recently and uh, acted it out <laughs> while, we, while we were watching. So I'm sure that this is going to be a much more professional and polished experience, and I'm super excited. Matt and I were, were recording earlier one of our other episodes, that the pen episode that's already been, been released by the time you're hearing this, and we both were talking offline, and we both realized that neither of us has ever seen Hamilton. So, yeah, so this is going to be a new experience. So we've actually already committed to doing a full review of it on this podcast uh, a week after it comes out. So we're going to have that coming up. We said it was going to be July 10th. I think that's supposed to come out. Right. Right, Matt. So I think so. uh, So special teaser, more breaking news on the pod. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. So before we get into it, I have a question. Casey, have you ever been in a Disney on stage production. I know you did theater, but have you ever been in a Disney on stage production? 
I have never been in a Disney onstage production. I have been in shows like Grease and Fame, and uh, I did a a murder mystery one year in high school, but I've never done a Disney production. How about you, Matt? So um, I was not on stage, but um, uh, my, uh, many of you know, my main instrument is French horn. And so I was in the pit for Beauty and the Beast my freshman year of high school. My only onstage experience was in eighth grade. I was the male lead in Honk Jr. And that was the last time that I graced the stage. <laughs> Honk Jr. I'm going to have to look that one up. up can, uh, oh, it's a the- treat. I'll tell you all about it later. <laughs> oh my goodness. So the other thing that we, ha- the other thing that we have in common, that the four of us, Megan excluded, cause she's obviously not old enough to do this yet, but the, the four of us, Bridget, Emily, myself, and Matt is that again, that we've all worked at the Disney store. So Bridget and Emily worked with me at, at a location prior to me working with Matt. So that's another thing. We all have a mutual love for all things mouse, if you will. So, so let's start with Brit, uh, with Emily. Emily, can you tell me what exactly have you done? Just kind of a brief summary when it when it comes to these Disney productions. Like, what, what exactly have you done? What is your role in in starting to organize and how these things work? Yeah, well, of course, my background is in theater, so I I've been born and raised and living with live shows and everything like that. And uh, with my experience, we're working with uh, the Disney theatric kind of junior versions, as we call it. Uh, I have done everything from, I have done uh, directing to uh, stage managing. So I've been in charge of the back of the house and making sure the show runs smoothly. And uh, I've also taught multiple lessons. I've worked in the vocal classes with the kids and really been able to immerse myself in all different variety of roles. Mm-hmm. which is really great. So it's it's kind of neat to see all different kind of forms of it while is, also doing awesome. productions like that. That is awesome. And then switching over to Bridget and Megan. So so Bridget, as I understand it, you you're the the proud parent, the booster, the rooter, the woohoo, yay, you know, kind of behind the scenes rooting for your kids. Megan, you have actually been in the shows, correct? Yep. So what what roles have you have you played and have you and, and which one was your favorite? Um, I've played a lot of different roles. I've been in ensemble in Peter Pan, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, and I've been supporting roles in Beauty and the Beast. I was right. Chip. I've also been a supporting role in Frozen. I was Middle Elsa. My two Disney leads have been. White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland and Timon from Lion King. That's awesome. I my favorite is a tie between right the White Rabbit and Timon because they're both like really exciting to play because I can be really over the top with them. <laughs> if you're anything like your mom, I can see you being over the top. No, no offense there, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I it, you're talking about me. I mean, I'm am I not over the top, Matt? I'm like way over yeah. the top half the time. So I'm pretty sure everyone on this podcast right now would be qualified in the over the top. <laughs> yes. So, well, it's really cool. I, Bridget, you had shared some some pictures on your social media earlier um, of of Megan as the White Rabbit, and she looked phenomenal. And I, it, with your permission, I do want to make sure that we can get those out onto our our Instagram and stuff, so people can kind of see some of these pictures of what you guys have done. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I might have more for you as well. I definitely, I'm like, well, I need to, I need to find some pictures and go down memory lane. And I was getting all verklempt about it. it was... 
She's got some fantastic photos, let me tell you. For a long time, I was the photographer for these productions as well. Oh, were you? Okay, talk to us about that. What was that like? It was amazing. It was hard work. I put a lot of pressure on myself because I, you know, some of these casts had 50, 60 kids in them. And so not only were, it wasn't me just taking pictures of my own children. I was trying to capture that awesome shot for every single one of the parents because I, you know, when you go through something like this, you become, you become a family. And so all the kids were like my kids and I, it was, it was a labor of love. That is for sure. (laughs) But You know, I've, I've done, I was in yearbook in high school. And, and one of the things I learned very early on is that, you know, in the moment, the pose shots might seem nice, but the ones that really have value are the candid shots oh, that you're able to, to get of them in the moment and playing and acting and doing things because it allows you to relive that moment over and over again, you know? Sure. Yeah. So what's it like having, because not only is Megan in, in the shows, I believe your your son has also participated in the shows too, correct? Yeah, actually all three of my kids at one point, um, okay. I think, have, have been in the theater. I, all three of them were in Peter Pan. That's where, kind of where, where it started. And uh, my middle child, Sarah, has kind of tapered off of the performing arts and is more into visual arts. Um, and Caden um, has gone more the route of, music and he's in a rock band but when he was on the stage um at, when all three of them were on the stage it was like i guess it's it's almost in this, it's not describable the feeling that i had living a disney movie through my children <laughs> now, did they... three loves the musical theater disney and my kids and like it was like fireworks <laughs> did they pick it up because you were you were into to musical theater like was that something I you was, were if, believe it or not i have never once stepped foot on a musical theater stage i have no idea why um <laughs> after like after living this through my kids i've asked myself on a million different occasions why didn't i do this why didn't i do this uh, i feel like it was a missed opportunity for me so i am living vicariously through my kids at this point and it's it's just such a thrill. It's it's really cool to watch. I want to shift gears just a little bit on this. So, you know, there's one thing is, to, there, it's one thing to do a musical theater show. It's one thing to do a show. I mean, I, I, someone who's done it, I know the work that goes into putting a production on. But I want to shift gears and talk about what it's like doing a Disney show. Because Disney, as we all know, both working for the Disney store uh, and as cast members. And then beyond that, just being Disney fans, going to the Disney parks and interacting with Disney cast members, Disney holds itself to not just a high standard. I mean, high standard, a lot of places hold themselves to high standards. Disney holds itself to the highest possible standard when it comes to, to its productions and its show value and the way that it does things. So I want to just shift gears and talk about that. Like, what is it like, putting on a show so i want to go back to emily for a couple of minutes here you know emily who decides what shows to put on where you do this at and it's okay to kind of talk about where you do this in 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 the location so who kind of makes that decision and then what's the process you have to go through to 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 do it right to do it legally to do it with all the production rights you know paying the, the fees all that stuff like what does that process look like 
Yeah, sure. It's it's uh, well, we 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 were all three of us were involved in a, a performing arts company called Your Performing Arts Center, which uh, specializes in uh, music, theater, dance, tumbling, uh, all over in the Yorkville and Plainfield communities uh, in Illinois. Okay. So we, as a team, would usually kind of sit down and discuss uh, some productions. Sometimes uh, some were just too hard to to pass up uh, at a certain point when it would be kind of a, a hot take. Uh, that a lot of uh, different performing arts centers around not just our state, but in, you know, nationwide. We uh, we would work through uh, Musical Theater International, uh, or MTI for short, to get the rights uh, for the production. Um, this would include the music to the scripts uh, for each of the kids to have, you know, the dates of the show. You know, there's a lot of different uh, other rights we have to pay for as well when uh, we do videography and taking of photos and even for even for the logo you know the, the mouse is sometimes like hey you, you want to use our logo for shirts and for posters and you got to <laughs> add a little bit of extra expense onto that too so it is it is a lot and uh you really want to make sure especially with the quality of a show that disney provides you really want to make sure that it's uh up to par to what you want to present to an audience and you know we like Bridget and Megan were saying earlier, we we had productions of 50 to almost 75 kids at one point in wow. one show. And that's yeah. a lot of a lot of bodies to get on stage, a lot of costuming, a lot of a well, lot of kids, kids to wrangle. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's just say I have great projection because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's a lot, it's a labor of love, really, because you really just want to make sure it's at the utmost beauty to what the original animated film. Uh, was because sometimes I used to tell the kids it's it's really about making sure that you want to possibly have this be the first viewing of a Disney classic to somebody in the audience who might not know what Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid were. Can I? Can I ask, I'm going to stop you for one second and ask you a quick yeah. question. So let's take Beauty and the Beast for example because I know that I know that's one that has been on theater for years, not only in in the movies but also in Broadway. It's you know some of the one of the most celebrated musicals that disney's ever produced is this is the script that that you get is it shot for shot or 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 scene for scene what the movie is or is it is it scene for scene what the broadway show is is it some kind of compromise like what exactly are you getting like i know when we shot when we did grease which is again not a disney movie or, or a disney show it, it had elements that were similar to the movie, but the movie went so far off away from the from the screen or from the theater production that you know, especially the ending is very different. What what's the I guess the setup? Yeah, well, most of the scripts, especially we like to call them uh, the junior version versus the actual Broadway production scripts. So okay, really, with a junior production, when it comes to Disney, they try to go as close to the Broadway production as possible. Um, rather than the animated film. Now, there are a couple different outliers to that. Uh, with Beauty and the Beast, so for example, they follow the uh, original uh, 94 musical as close as they can. The only thing is, is that you have a lot of scenes that are shortened, some songs are cut out. One of the, one of the most famous songs from the Broadway production, If I Can't Love Her, sung by the beast uh, is not in the junior production. Cause you can't imagine a 14 year old boy singing the same way as a, you know, 45 year old man. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to see you try though. I, I'll, I'll be honest. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be right. kind of fun, but it, it doesn't kind of match where a child could no, portray. Um, but you still want them to be able to have a good background with the show. 
Some of the musicals uh, are completely off the wall. One is my favorite is Alice in Wonderland. The, the production itself tries its best to go as close to the book as possible and also the, the film by Disney. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is it throws in a lot of different wrenches. Zippity Doodah is in one of the musical numbers that the kids performed. <laughs> and wow. I got to tell you, I was a little thrown off when I first saw that in the script. I went, why is Song in the South with Allison? <laughs> Did I get the wrong musical? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So I guess that's a good question. So and I'm going to pose this question to both Emily and then to Megan. So Emily, as a director, how much pressure is on you to realize kind of your own vision versus the animated classic uh, vision or what people, you know, when people come to see a Disney movie, they're going to have in their mind the way it's or Disney show, they're going to have it in their mind of what it should be based on the Disney movie. Yet as a director, you get some creative license to be able to, to block it and to create your own vision. So how much pressure is on you to not only have your own vision, but also stay as true to the, 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 the script as possible. Like where's your creative license there? There's a lot of pressure when it comes to, directing uh, a Disney musical. There there are so many different elements you you don't want to miss. Like making sure there's a kick line in Beauty and the Beast. You got to have a kick line because mm-hmm. that's always kind of mentioned in it. Uh, you got to make sure that Bell's in blue and yellow and and there are certain scenes that kind of have to fit. With, with some of the direction though, it's kind of fun. I, I directed a production of High School Musical as well. And because that's a Disney Channel original movie, the kind of setting of it's a little more laid back, relaxed. I took it in the way of really bringing back the Disney com- the DCOM as best as I could by uh, keeping the kids in 2006, uh, mm-hmm. even though the, the script says, oh, it could be in any, any year. Mm-hmm. I said, no, we're going we're gonna to keep it back to the original format of <laughs> uh, Zac Efron and Ashley Tisdale and those little purses and sequin tops and uh, the flip phones even, and the kids had a huge hoot with that. <laughs> Wow. Uh, what really made me excited as a director, though, to transition uh, a, a Disney film into a live performance with something like High School Musical was utilizing the space you had. So what was really neat for the production we did, we were in a beautiful opera house where it's a nice big open stage and, you know, theater seats and everything. What was really great about it is that I had I had some of the kids walking through uh, the audience and talking and sitting in the theater seats next to maybe their parents or uh, next to maybe one of their friends that came to visit. Because the cool thing about it is, is that the show takes place in a theater as well. So really kind of opening up the visuals to the audience and really inviting them in was a cool way of kind of connecting the two, but also having a, a unique spin on it. That's awesome. Now, now, Megan, as as a as an actor or actress, obviously, you get to play some pretty iconic characters. I mean, you, you said you played Chip. I mean, Chip is you even heard Matt earlier go, "Oh, Chip!" I mean, Chip's a an iconic character, and you know, the White Rabbit. I, I would say, you know, I know he's your favorite. You know, he's a pretty iconic character. But how much pressure is on you? as an actress to get it to get it right and to to kind of deliver that performance that you know the audience is is expecting well it's not that pressuring in like reality because nobody's gonna get like angry at you because 
you messed up a line because that can always be fixed before the show. During the show, if you mess up a line, it's just the pressure that you're putting on yourself because you'll get embarrassed. But nobody's laughing or anything. Nobody's being very angry at you. So it's not much pressure in reality, but it's just the pressure you put on yourself because it's a role that most people know. So most people will know if you messed up because there's a lot of tells, like, if you're just looking around, like, what am I going to do? But <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it comes to you sometimes, most times. Yeah. A lot of times. No, yeah, that's a good point. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our partners. Hey, Beers and Ears listeners. Casey and Matt here. You've heard us talk about our partner, Riss and Cal. You know, we've touched on their wireless earbuds, which connect right to your smartphone. But they've also got a lot of other great stuff as well. I use their 4-in-1 charging station every day. It can charge my phone, a smartwatch that charges with a magnet, and even my earbuds. You can also check out their Bluetooth selfie stick, a 3-in-1 charger, and even a silicone accessory kit that comes in either black or white. Yeah, you know, this company checks the two boxes that I love in a product, which is great quality product without having to pay an arm and a leg. I've been playing around with the accessory kit. So this comes with uh, rubber things for the earbuds so they don't fall out of my ears and things to hold the earbuds so they stay in. I always have a terrible time with that and these uh, work like a charm. So go to fourfrills.com shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S. You'll get 15% off your order, plus a free $10 gift of your choice when you spend $50 or more. And if you have trouble picking just one thing, they've even got a 31-piece bundle that includes everything. Don't forget that a portion of their profits will go to help local charities in need. All right, back to the show. Matt, I I know I've done a lot of talking. Do you have any questions you want to jump in with here? I have a good ending segment, but I don't think we're quite to the end yet. All right, we'll we'll leave that for the end then. So, all right, so let's let's get into some of the nitty gritty then. So, let's talk about kind of the, and I'm, I'm going to put this one to Bridget and to, to to Megan. The kind of the for you two picking who you might want to audition for. So, what what does that process look like? We're going to go to the audition process with Emily in a second, but you know, let's say a show gets gets set. You know, we're doing Frozen or we're doing Little Mermaid or we're doing Alice in Wonderland. What kind of process do you go through, Megan and, and Bridget? How do you help at, at saying, you know what, I want to audition for this part? And, and how, you know, what does your practice look like before you audition? Well, I always watch the movie or like show over and over and over before auditioning to study. And to pick a character that I would want to be, unless there are no characters that I feel like I could really nail and I can relate to, it's kind of hard to pick which one I want. But most of the times there's going to be a character that I can closely relate to that I can like kind of bond with to memorize and get into character more because memorization takes part like in the beginning more often and I can get into the character more if I can relate to it and I know it. Bridget, how do you, how do you help her with that? Well, 
probably the biggest thing is to just keep her grounded. <laughs> uh, and the audition process is probably the most stressful. It's way more stressful than opening night because there's there's feelings and and uh, hopes on and dreams on the line, and you just don't want to see your kid get crushed. So keeping her grounded and you know staying realistic you know uh when we were looking at those pictures and taking a trip down memory lane she was i was talking about how when she was a seagull in little mermaid she really 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 after you know after auditions she was really hoping she was going to be scuttle so she was super disappointed because her brother got the role he wanted he was prince eric and her sister got the role she wanted she was uh flotsam uh, but she was, you know, quote unquote, just a seagull, not not scuttle. And from that point, she really upped her audition game. Um, and she really made she she that's when she recognized that auditions they they matter and how much research and how much preparation you do. And so really at that point I just tried to make sure that she stayed realistic in which role she was going after. Um, you know, if, if you're auditioning for beauty and the beast and you're 10, you're not going to get bell. <laughs> um, so maybe set your sights on what you can get in and put your eggs in that basket. Um, and then just, of course, being her biggest cheerleader, you know, and helping her run her lines and, and sing her songs kids your own kids don't usually take a whole lot of constructive criticism from you so i leave that up to the experts like miss emily uh who, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think this is probably amplified to a disney movie or from to a disney stage production because i mean i, I don't know about you all but when i was a kid I would, my pretend play was like being Disney characters or being friends with Disney characters. And so some of like a being a Disney character would be a childhood dream. While there are iconic stage productions out there with, you know, Music Man and Oklahoma and Phantom of the Opera, I don't know many five-year-olds that are like, ooh, I'm pretending that I'm in the Music Man. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Megan has been in the Music Man. It was one of her favorites. <laughs> That's a fun show. It is very fun. Well, that's, I think when we did that, that's when kids realized that, oh, there are shows that aren't Disney. (laughs) 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 We had a blast with it. But I watched that one. Yeah, they they like that one. But yeah, I mean, as far as auditions go, it's, you know, every, like, and Emily can speak to that, how many kids come in and think they're going to be the princess or the prince because that's what they played in their living room. It's, it's tricky kids uh, for the productions at YPAC. It's any kids from five age five to 18. So it's a huge range. Well, and I want to go down that path with Emily for a second. So Emily, you know, obviously you've got productions that have massive amount of kids. I guess a series of questions. Number one, does everybody who audition get a part in either the show or maybe potentially on the crew? Do you have to not cast certain people? I mean, how does that work? What does that process look like? The really beautiful blessing about the shows that we we did at YPAC where everyone got a role who auditioned. We okay. we didn't send anybody away. I don't I hate rejection and I know it's part of theater, uh, but I I just I couldn't, I couldn't bear myself to do that to them. <laughs> not, not with shows like Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid where everybody wants to be in it. 
Yeah. Um, so that was a, a great blessing in disguise. And, with and even if you're in the cast of those shows, that's still, it, it, no matter how small the part is, just being a part of that show is a big deal. Oh yeah, yeah totally. Well, I, I think being being on the crew too. I mean, not just the the cast. I mean, I remember I auditioned my very first show. I did not get a part, and I was told, "Hey, we got room in the crew," and I got put on the soundboard of all things. But I was still part of the production, and I had the same feelings of success that that everyone did. And to Bridget's point, when you realize that every role, no matter how small or big it is, is an important part of the show at the end, that feeling of success and, and just of completion, it's like nothing that, I mean, the very few things in life, do you ever feel that, that amazing about? I mean, would you agree with that, you guys? Oh, I agree totally. And what really is awesome, what we've done is we let our crew be a part of the show. I mean, there's a great memory I have of we made our whole stage crew uh, the rabbit hole. So they were holding on to different different pieces and, and floating around the stage. And it was a hoot. Everybody was just so excited. Like, I get to hold the big clock and I get to hold the stump. And they were just so, so jazzed. It made me so happy. So, so take me through kind of very high level from audition to opening night. What is the length of time? How many days a week are you practicing? How long are those practices? What does that look like? Well, the really interesting thing is on the director and producer side over here, and I and I can't I can't speak for I'm the only one doing this. I have to I have to shout out so many people I've worked with that are just the the backbone behind all of what we do, and they work just as hard as I have with each production. From uh, and if I can, I would love to shout out some fun names because I know they go ahead, that. please shout them out. <laughs> uh, like Batman here's Nicole. here's the here's the caveat though. Every yeah. name that gets shouted out. If they're listening, they have to share this podcast with at least one other person. That's that's okay, the I, volu- I volunteer all of them, and I guarantee they'll do it. All right, uh, I've go had, ahead. I've had uh, Beth Nichols and uh, Miranda Knox and Aaron Flynn and uh, Emily Weber and uh, Amanda Arnold, uh, soon to be Lucienti, uh, when she gets married uh, in June. Uh, we have uh, Shaheen Kababwe, Maddie Cleveland. I, I can't forget my most important one that I met through all of these productions, my wonderful boyfriend, Ryan Neal, who is so happy to be, you know, in love with such a crazy Disney theater freak. He's <laughs> that he's, awesome. He is pretty yeah. awesome. I've, I think I've met him once, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. And he's, yeah. he loves doing these. Just to name a few people, they they help kind of make that backbone of... Emily just said, don't forget Mia Melliker. Oh, of course, Mia Melliker. How could I forget Mia? Designer. <laughs> <laughs> the brain behind all of the beautiful costumes, all of those people just create such a, a fantastic working environment to to make these because they have just as much heart as I do in these. So when we do an audition to kind of segue back to that, it, it's really fantastic to kind of sit down with everyone and say, what are some of the songs we want the kids to audition with is the first and foremost that we do. So we pick certain songs that we're looking at certain characters for each song. So I don't need to pick a bell from a Gaston song. I could pick a bell from Mrs. Potts, Beauty and the Beast. I, I've looked at different scenes to have the kids audition with as well. And we kind of send it out to the families and, and we tell them, hey, go for it. And I, I always tell the kids, I would cast all of you as Belle if I could. Yeah. <laughs> but the show's not just Belle. Uh, and we have the kids audition. Show. 
It would be very interesting, Chopu was literally just a bunch of bells on stage, but that that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But we we go through the audition process um, pretty rigorously. We we worked pretty long hour days of of seeing the kids and 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 loving on them and what they bring to the table. Uh, and then we do callbacks uh, shortly after that, where we kind of slim down who we want to kind of see again to you know compare. Okay, do we want them in this role or this role and really kind of seeing who would be the best fit for that show of, of who we want in certain roles. The kids usually rehearse about two to possibly three times a week, depending uh, on how many, what, how, what time, time frame we've had. We've had shows where we've worked 16 weeks. We've had shows where we've only worked eight. So, Oof, um, oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So uh, and that's that's what I, I tell the kids. And I, I said that's that's even more than what professionals have done. You know, r- running a show from audition to opening night in eight weeks is not an easy feat. No. <laughs> so well, I, 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 I admire them for their their hard work because I know I, I'm sweating, you know, in the back trying to just make sure everything runs. But I want to ask this question real quick. Has there been any memorable, I mean, obviously it's all memorable, but have there been any moments for any of you, and and I'll open this up to the three of you, where it was kind of a memorable moment of, oh goodness, that wasn't supposed to happen, but here's how I recovered, or oh my goodness, this happened on stage and it's just a funny story, or this happened, has there been any of those, because I know live theater, you never know what's going to pop up. Have there been any of those kind of moments? I've, I've actually got a couple to start us off. Um, this is kind of, kind of the question that I was going to lead into also Casey, where okay. but, but like the, the uh, like funny moments that I don't want to say where something went catastrophically wrong, but um, something clearly didn't go right, but it was still fine. I, it, it, they actually both were in, in beauty and the beast. And first one, um, because I was in the pit, um, our pit in with how our high school theater was constructed was not deep. So we just had a curtain up, but we were like very close to the stage. And um, when in in the song Bell, the opening song, when Gaston shoots the duck, there was someone up in the catwalk that pushed the duck off and the duck then would fall on stage. Well, the person gave the duck a little bit too big of a push and uh, it it made it into the pit and landed on the timpani. <laughs> so, so all of a sudden there's this big boom and you see the timpani player kind of look up like, oh, oh, hello. <laughs> and then similarly near the end when the Beast and Gaston are fighting, um, he the Beast hits Gaston and the, the, the actor playing Gaston did such a great, uh, great job at, at, faking like he got hit that his wig came off and landed in the lap of the person next to me. <laughs> and she just like took it and then just kind of put it back on stage. And that was all that we, we just kept on going. So it, oh, those are always the funny moments where it, it shows happening. You can't do anything about it. Yep. How about, how about Emily or Megan or Bridget? How about you guys? Well, to go back to the Gaston and beast fighting scene, I'll never forget. Um, when Gaston and the Beast were fighting, and and as as the Beast was getting stabbed at the end, his whole fur head fell off. So he was half Beast, half man. <laughs> and I just went, "Oh no, we weren't ready for that yet. We only had like two more minutes till the, the quick change was supposed to happen." Goodness. How about you, Megan? Anything where you've been on stage and something unexpected has happened, and you've had to think on your feet? Well, during Little Mermaid. I was a seagull and a sailor. So during human things, we had to like scrunch up our 
pants for the sailor song so that we could get them underneath the white pants. And I didn't notice this while on stage and it wasn't that bad. But when I was going over to get Ariel to bring her next to the rock, my my pants fell down. Oh, no. And, well, they didn't fall down, but like... Your, it, sa- your sailor pants fell my, out from Yeah, they, <laughs> my sailor pants fell out. So <laughs> I had like one leg that was a seagull and one leg that was <laughs> half man, half oh, bird. Oh, <laughs> I love it. That's great. The, the I, other I, fun one that my mom tells, this wasn't necessarily something that went wrong on stage, but my mom, of course, be, was in the audience for this. And the beast comes out in the transformation scene and the woman next to her says, oh, he should put the mask back on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I, so I, I, uh, I have one. So obviously it was not Disney because I've never done a Disney production. But I, as I told you guys, the very first show that I ever um, auditioned for, I did not get cast. It was a show called Give My Regards to Broadway. And uh, I didn't get cast in it, but I got put behind the soundboard. And it was our final night. It was our it was our closing night. We had already run, I think, three shows up to that point. And we were in the finale of all songs. And for whatever reason, so I, I hit the play button because we didn't have an orchestra for this. It was it was the CD. Uh, so I hit the play button and it started playing. And we're about probably 35, 40 seconds into it. Mind you, I'm only 15 years old at this point. And for whatever reason, because I've got to stop it at a certain point, I get jittery and I accidentally pause the soundtrack in the middle of the finale. Oh no. <laughs> and everybody on stage just freezes. <laughs> and the and the auditorium is silent. And I'm in it the stage manager, Dan, he's on he's on the on the headset going, Casey, press play, press play, press play. And I hit I press play and got it started again. And he's like, Casey, calm down. Because he knew I was freaking out back there that I made this mistake at 15 <laughs> years old. But it, it, it was hilarious. And of course, that was the night that we recorded the show on on the video. And it's the so we, I've got this video. Oh, it's 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 hilarious, but I wouldn't have it any other way because it's a memory that's what happens when you're doing live shows you know that that's 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 just the reality of it right i went around the bin with bridget for a second bridget you're 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 the mom who is the family you're the the supporter you're the one who's rooting for your kids listening to this podcast right now we have a, a large array of people who are listening you know they could be adults they could be kids they could be teenagers they could be somebody who's looking to take the leap to do something like this as that supportive mom, as that supportive parent, as that supportive person, friend in somebody's life. If somebody's listening to this podcast right now saying, this is something I might be interested in doing. What kind of advice would you give them? What would you tell them to kind of get them geared up to want to do this? Sure. I would say, do it. Just do it. (laughs) I I, I can't tell you, I, I am a firm believer in music in general, musical theater is included in this, but it saves lives and um, it's cheaper than therapy. And there are so many kids out there that need a support system and a family outside of their, you know, immediate family that they can just go and have fun and pretend. And there are so many kids that want to get up there and just pretend to be somebody else for a while where they're, you know, and, and 
it might seem counterintuitive to think that a kid that maybe has anxiety or, you know, maybe some self-esteem issues that they would want to put themselves out there under a spotlight. Um, But theater came to my daughter, Sarah, at a time in her life where I I really do believe that it, it saved her. Like she, she was able to just get up there and be pretend to be somebody else. And then the confidence that she gained from that, I don't think that I could have been no, there was no book I could have read. There's no, uh, you know, therapist I could have taken her to that would have replicated what she experienced on that stage. And I think that if you ask a cast of 50 kids, you'd be surprised at how many people would say the same. So anybody, and then, and then, you know, and if you flip the coin for the kids who are just dramatic and outgoing and they don't need that shove, obviously that's going to be a natural progression for them as well. Um, and for, for the shy kids, for the creative kids, for the kids who want to, who want to sew or like you, Casey, doing the soundboard, there's so many opportunities in musical theater and, you know, we, you'll see a lot of the kids at YPAC, especially wearing t-shirts that say theater is my sport. Um, and you get the same camaraderie and teamwork and sense of accomplishment as you would, you know, winning the tournament or the grand championship. I'm not a sports person. I don't know what else. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. you're when, when we were, when we were in high school, our, our nickname, we were the drama jocks. That, that was our nickname. We were the drama jocks. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I totally get it. And, and I know exactly what you mean. It's an outlet. I, I mean, I remember being in high school and, and my, my freshman year and my, my, my mom and dad saying, Casey, you've got to get involved in something. You've got to get involved in something. And I didn't do anything my freshman year. And freshman year was a miserable year for me. Mm-hmm. But then spring, you know, winter semester, you know, that January, February, I tried out for Give My Regards. It was, it was you know, my 10th grade year. And I met to this day, people that I still talk to, that I still love, that are, are, are forever a part of me. And, and that, that feeling, you know, when you said earlier, Bridget, that, that auditions are harder than opening night, that's because you don't know anybody. But once you get past auditions, it, you cement yourself in this big giant. Yeah, you've got a, yeah, you've got a whole family behind you, supporting you and wanting you to do well and picking you up when you fall. So exactly. yeah, I think, and there's there's so many great community theater outlets out there. I, I found that, you know, my son did community theater and I, I thought it would be a natural progression for him to go into high school and do it there in school. But he he felt too vulnerable with his peers. He really mm-hmm. he needed to stay in community theater because I, I, I don't know quite how to explain it. But there's so many places that you can go with a no risk. You know, everybody gets a part type situation you know there of course there's going to be you know as you become better at your craft there's going to be places where you can go where it is going to be competitions a little stiff and you need to up your game and and there are going to be cuts but to start you got to start someplace just do it just you know just yeah. get in there sing <laughs> stay, stay with, and see what happens right I'm yeah. to that <laughs> so Megan and Emily, do you guys have any final thoughts that you would like to leave with us before we, we leave for the day? I don't really have anything. <laughs> okay, perfect. How about you, Emily? I, I think just this is why I love what I do. I love the fact that theater brings so many types of people uh, together, whether they be from different backgrounds, you know, all different, all different types of places that they come from. 
and no no one's judged no one is you know considered more than the other uh when when they walk in those doors everybody is considered for anything and that that's kind of the beauty behind it um i think what i i love to say that theater and disney and 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 teaching is my trifecta and i i truly believe it is cuz i i see the smiles uh, in, in faces like Megan's and I see those smiles, uh, when they're on that stage and it just blows my mind how excited they are to do something that not only do they say they love it because they love, uh, the, the film or the show, but they love it because they say, well, Miss Emily loves it. So uh, we want to make sure that it's, it's good for her and a great experience. And that just kind of boggles my mind that, you know, kids from five to 18 can, can make a, uh, a little bit somewhat older, a little bit so 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 emotional with it, and remind me every day that this is this is why I, I'm here. I have a purpose, and I I love what I do. Beautiful. Well, I am looking. It is way past closing time, and I think it's time for us to wrap up the show. So so Matt, uh, first of all, Emily, if they if somebody is interested in getting involved in your theater, your company, where you do stuff like this, how could they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, definitely, if you want to go on to ypacarts.com, there's uh, a lot of different uh, things you can get into. Even uh, I know during the time that we're in that we're recording, this is, of course, COVID-19. So not a lot of things are open right now, but we are still doing uh, virtual learning at this time with uh, theater acting classes. We're doing music lessons, dance lessons. Uh, just just to even get your feet a little wet while we're in the process of uh, moving into a new production, hopefully when everything opens up. It uh, gives you more information there. Awesome. And then Matt, if uh, our listeners want to get a hold of us, how are they able to do that? Yeah, you can send us an email, beatersandears1928 at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, people saying hi. Uh, it's, it's fun to get emails from the listeners. Um, if you want to join up on our Facebook group, it's a great group, Beers and Ears Podcast. Uh, we post out things there. People comment, share memes, you know, all the normal fun social media stuff. And Twitter and Instagram, Beers Ears 1928. Uh, shout out to Eric on Twitter. He's been tweeting at us, uh, and uh, that's been fun. Uh, oh, yeah, rate and review us. Uh, five stars, five stars. Yeah, and don't forget, folks, that new, new shows come out on Tuesdays and on Fridays every week. Again, share us with your friends and family. That's the way the podcast grows. All right, so Bridget, Megan, Emily, thank you so much for being our guests. Ha, ah, see what I did there? Uh, being <laughs> our guests on today's podcast. And uh, we will see everybody next time. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. See you real soon. Bye-bye. Bye.